Good morning. I'm happy to be here. It's funny. I know that like the reason you're able to say all these like statistics about me is one of the things that I did for a week of prayer every morning before starting, I did it um, with each of the different grades is I did something called two truths and a lie. Um, you guys remember? How many of you guys are from Pine Hills? Students. Hey, guys. It's good to see you again. How many of you guys are parents of Pine Hills students? I just want to let you guys know you guys have amazing students. You do. Um, I was nervous when I first came. I've never done a week of prayer for an academy before, especially when I thought I was going to come and do a week of prayer for an academy. I didn't know I was going to do a sermon for K through, I think, 4, then 5 through 8, and then 9 through, and then three sermons a day for five days straight. I was like, what? (laughs) How am I going to make it? But honestly, your, your students, you guys made it easy. It was fun. We had a good time. And it's, it's unique to be able to have a good time. Like, we're, we're like, it feels like we're hanging out, but yet we're learning about God. If you can, if you can find that, if you can master that, that's what it's about, right? Talking about it like it's, like it's something that's normal, something simple, something easy. So the reason they know is I did these two, two, two truths in a lie. It was funny. You know, I threw some stuff like, um, I'm Samoan. That was a lie and different things like that. And it was funny, some of them got it right, but I was able to get most of them, I was able to uh, to trick. And they were able to learn a little bit about me as we learned a little bit about God. So it was really fun, and I'm excited to be here. So this morning, <clears throat> the message is simple. We're going to be in one chapter, the book of John. We're going to read the stories, and within the story, hopefully... As we see how God works with people, hopefully we can make the, make the understanding that that's how God works with us from time to time. Before we start, let me go, I'm going to say a word of prayer, and then we'll get right into it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you so much again for this Sabbath. Um, thank you for how you've been with us every step of the way, whether we feel it, realize it, understand it, or completely forget um, I'm thankful, Lord, that by faith I know that you're right there. Though you are such a great and, and ginormous God, you're also a God that, that focuses on the little things like me and like each of my friends here. And so in a special way, Lord, I just pray that you would bless us this morning. Send your spirit, speak through me. Speak, use your word to enlighten us. And Father, I pray that we would fall in love with your tender love yet again this morning. For all these things we pray in your name. Amen. I want to ask you a question. Has God been good to you? Amen. Amen. Has God been good to you? I heard this side. Has God been good to you? God has been good to me. Listen, a lot of times, let's just be real, sometimes, you know, life can get tough, right? Things come your way and you just got to battle through. But right now, I'm happy. Pastor Deaver asked, like, how have you been? I'm like, man, I've been good. And here's the reason why. I finished college. Whew. Listen, nothing... PC was a joy. The classes were amazing, but I am so happy I am done. I was I was on Instagram and on on Snapchat and I was seeing like some of my friends like packing and they're like driving last Sunday from like LA area back to PC and I was just <laughs> I don't have to do that. And I was just like so happy. Um, I'm back home. I'm back home with my mom. Um, it's just me and my mom and it's just been a good time because her cooking is way better than PC's calf. And uh, it's just, I've been blessed. I really have been blessed. Um, and I know that, I don't know what the future holds, but um, the beautiful thing about, about trusting in God is that 
you know, I know he's, he's cooking something up. You know, he's doing something, um, and I just have to trust in him, though I don't see it, which gives me peace. Amen? But when I asked you, has God been good to you? I know most of us said yes, but can it be sometimes that we're, we're, we're almost tempted to just say yes? Like, we have to say yes, right? Because God is good, right? He's, he's a good person. He's a good... And so when you say, God, has God been good to you? You're almost like, can I say no? Like most of the time it's just a yes. But if we're being real, sometimes we want to say no. Right? Whatever might be going on. It's just like, honestly, I don't feel it. Like, I know he's a good person, but, but sometimes we're like, we're almost like we can't say no. Like God doesn't do that. Well, today we're going to look at a story of two individuals that were faced with this this, um, they were faced with kind of seeing God in a different way. And um, I hope that through this story, we can learn something as well. So if you have your Bibles with me, turn to the book of John. We're going to be in John chapter 11. Book of John. I'm reading through the ESV. Any version is good. John chapter 11. We're going to be in the story of Lazarus. How many of you guys know of Lazarus? All right, simple story, right? Many of us have heard it. What happened with Lazarus? What, happened, what was his thing? He what? He, he died, right? And what did Jesus do? Resurrected, right? Huge miracle, right? Turning water into wine. That was, that was big. That was pretty big. Letting the blind man see, that was huge. Right, but raising the dead? What? That was big, right? And we know in context and when you see that, that this miracle was the one that kind of was the tipping point. From that point forward, the Pharisees and just everyone else was like, all right, that's enough. He's bringing people back from the dead? No, he got to go. All right, that was kind of like the tipping point. That was the miracle that just shut it all down. All right. So when you look at John chapter 11, you think that the, the chapter is about Lazarus. It's about God's miracle. That's what easily, as you read it, you would think that's what it's about. Well, I want to pose a different, a different uh, viewpoint of what John chapter 11 is about. If you're there with me, we're going to start in verse 1. And it says this, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Beth, Lazarus of? Right, I'm just going to do that just to make sure you guys are with me, okay? Cool. The village of? And her sister Martha. Pause. Being in verse 1, we get a lot. And if we just read through it, we won't see it. Where are they? What's the location? Which is... The way it's written says Bethany, the village of what? Of Mary. And then, and then who else is introduced? How is she introduced? As Mary's sister. Do you guys find that kind of a little odd, the way that was written? Listen, it says, they're in Bethany, Mary's city, with Martha, Mary's sister, just from that verse alone, what sounds like it's like, like the focal point? It would be Mary, right? It's like if you're doing an essay. I just finished school, so that's why it's in my head. Right, when you're doing a brainstorm, you know, you do the, the bubble would be Mary, right? And then the side bubble would be Bethany, Martha, but the focus would be Mary, right? Well, verse 2, if verse 1 wasn't enough, verse 2 definitely clarifies. Read verse 2 with me. It was who? It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment 
and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was dead. Now Lazarus introduced, he's introduced not just as Mary's sister. He's introduced as the Mary who did this, 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 and this. That Mary, oh, that's Lazarus' brother. Do you see that? Like there's so much going on with Mary. In verse 2, it talks about Mary, and it gives an example, right? A, an experience. What was the experience? Someone said it. You can say it a little louder. When she anointed Jesus' feet, correct? You guys remember that story? That was Mary, right? A beautiful expression of her a love and appreciation for Jesus. Not question. I'm going to test to you, young scholars. When did that happen? In the book of John, when did the, the occasion or the, the story of Mary wiping Jesus' feet, do you guys know where it's found? It's in the Bible. That's a, <laughs> tricky. Pine Hills Academy. I'll go again, just letting you guys know. It was fun. We had, a, we had a lot of good time. They tested me as much as I tested them. Where was it found? Okay. Why would you say that? Do you know? If you do, then you got it right. He's right. John writes it as a memory, right? This is Mary who did this and this. But what's, what's odd is that it doesn't happen until chapter 12. We're in chapter 11. Do you see that? If you go to chapter 12, you see that it even says that in my Bible, it says Mary anoints Jesus at Bethany. Chapter 12, but John writes in chapter 11 as a memory. I want to pose to you that John is something within Mary, something that we need to pay attention to. Mary is going to go through something that you and, you and I can experience. All right, let's keep going. Verse 3, it says, so the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Jesus loves Lazarus, right? But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death, for it is the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. We see a key, right? It says that he's not, it's not an illness, but this situation is meant so that God will be glorified. Simple verse. Let's keep reading. Now, when Jesus, now Jesus loved Mary and her sister and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, pause. Don't read. Stop reading. Stop reading. Stop reading. reading. I'm going to read it again, and I want you guys to fill in the blank, okay? So now Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, pause. What do you think would naturally be the following uh, sentence? He went to them, right? Like, if you've never read this story before, this is your first time reading it, you would think, like, oh, because he loved them so much, when he heard they were ill, he went to go visit them. I mean, we do that. All right? if I know a loved one or someone I care about is, is in a hospital, I'm going to go visit them. Especially if they're not too far, right? But even if they're in L.A., like, you know, if that's a, it's a loved one, I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll be there. Let me see if I can get some time off. They're hurting. They're ill. They need. But it says that, what does it say? Jesus, who loved these individuals, who loved Lazarus, when he heard he was, he was ill, he stayed two days. 
longer in the place where he was. He stayed, and what was the inevitable outcome? He stayed, and he died. Now let's take, our, let's take ourselves in the, into the, the experience of Mary and Martha. This just happened. Lazarus is dead. How are they feeling right now? Jesus did nothing. He didn't, he didn't go. He stayed. They know it. He could have came. How should they be feeling right now? What would you, how would you answer that? How should they be feeling? Disappointed. Why? Irate. More than disappointed, right? <laughs> right? Say again. Ab- abandoned. That's deep. Yes. You, was someone going to say something? How should they be feeling? Mad. Upset. Frustrated. Listen, this is Jesus who, who's healed random people. I mean, he goes around healing people he doesn't know. Has no connection to but yet he expresses his love for them and he heals them, yes? So you would think, all right, well, you know, this is now someone you know, someone you're connected with. I mean, if you do it for random people, you're for sure going to do it for someone that you love. But he doesn't. Mary and Martha are, as the young people say, they hot. They are hot right now. They're upset. And they should be. So what we're going to do now We're going to read the accounts of of them, of Mary interacting with Jesus and Martha interacting with Jesus, okay? If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn, we're going to start at verse 17. Now, Jesus is is with them. He's in the area. And now we're going to read first starting with Martha. Verse 17, 17, it says, Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary, but who? But Mary remained seated in the house. Mary and Martha do two different things. And my disclaimer is coming to effect. I am hot. So I'm going to take this off because I'd rather be comfortable and share the word. Amen. 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 Okay, Mary and Martha both have two different, two, two different experiences. Martha does what? She goes, she hears him, she goes, and Mary does, she stays. Okay, perfect. <clears throat> uh, verse 21, it says, Martha said to Jesus, this is Martha speaking, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have what? Would not have died. Verse 22. Verse 22 is key. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha, smartingly remarks, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, Though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I had an interaction. And it's crazy because like, I always think to us, like, man, I, I'm pretty sure so many people miss some of these like, powerful gems that Jesus is breaking down. Like, we're barely catching them now. But you know what I'm saying? Like, when he's interacting with them, I don't, think they, I don't think she just realized when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Like, she doesn't know what that means. We do. 
right? We see what happened. It's so powerful. But something beautiful about Martha, she said, listen, you weren't here when he died, and I'm hot, I'm upset, but I trust you. I don't know what it is that I don't understand your connection with God. I don't understand, like, everything about your mission. But what I can say is, like, I know that whatever God tells you to do, you do. So I'm going to lean on that. Powerful, amen? A lot of times when we read this story, we're Martha. As good, as good Seventh-day Adventists, we should be Martha, right? We, we walk by faith, not by sight, right? But a, lot of, but a lot of times we're not Martha. We're more like Mary. Let's go to Mary. We're going to be in verse... Verse, verse 28. Verse 28 says, Now when she said this, talking about Martha, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here, and he is calling for you. Now even in this situation, see, Mary was always where Jesus was. In this situation, Jesus had to call Mary, like, Listen, can we, can we come and talk? Like, she was so upset. Jesus had to be like, I need to tell you something, like, you come, please? And when she heard it, she arose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. All right? Verse 31, when the Jews were there with when the Jews who were there with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary arise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to where they were. I love how he he, he puts in the little nosies. He's like, Oh, where's she going? Right, they're just because it's about them, right? And so they just want to be part of the action. All right. <clears throat> Verse thirty-two. See if you catch it. it. Says now, when Mary came to where Jesus was, she said to him, or and, and saw him, she fell at her feet, feet, saying to him, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." Did you guys catch it? Same thing, Mark. You're going to get an x-ray. You get, you get to go first in pilot. <laughs> right on again. She said the exact same thing Martha said. Like, verbatim, word for word. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. This is important because the very next word, remember what Martha said. The very next verse. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews had, that's it, that's all you need to hear. What's the very next verse? Context about something else going on. Mary said what she said to Jesus, and that was it. She's like, but I have none of the buts. There's no but. There's no nothing. There's no, I know you're doing. No, she said, you, were, you, should, you weren't here, and he died. And that was it. No explanation. No, you get away with it because you're God. Nah. She's like, you weren't here, and my brother died. It's almost like, I don't want an explanation, but explain yourself. Right? It's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be fake. I'm not gonna say, but you know, I know God, like, I trust you. In that moment, she was hot, she didn't understand, and she let God know. She was raw with God. Listen, I am a firm believer of us being real and genuine with God. There is power in, in realism. I'm not sure if that's a word, but you guys know what I mean. And being real and genuine with God in the good and in the bad. 
and in the ugly. God already sees it. He knows it. And that's one thing I appreciate about Mary. Though we ought to be like Martha, Mary was like, listen, you weren't there. You let me down, God. Some of us can't feel like we can't even say that. We can't say God let us down because, you know, I don't know. I, I, why? Maybe the, because the Bible, you know, because God is all-knowing. He's powerful. He's good. And I believe all those things. God is merciful. Because of God is the only reason I'm here. God saved my life. But I can still be, with, be real with God and be like, listen, I don't know what you're doing. I don't get you right now. In that moment, Martha had kind of given up. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to stay strong in faith at the moment. I'm just, I don't understand what you're doing. All right? I make the argument that when it says that Jesus wept, he didn't weep because of, you know, the fake people crying or because, because of the, the pain that he sees Martha and Mary in because Lazarus died. I think, I think he wept because of the, the, the loss of faith that Mary was showing. Remember, this was all planned. God was doing something just Mary didn't know. And I feel like what, what helped her get through it is she was being real. She didn't be fake. She was real. God. Because we know the story. God is doing something. God didn't let Mary down. Yes or no? God didn't let Mary down. God didn't do it on purpose. He's not like, I want you to hurt. Ha, that's it. No. He's like, I want to teach you something. We see that this experience is what catapulted Mary into the Mary that we know. The, the, the Mary that, that fell in love with Jesus, the Mary that was there at the beginning, this experience was the thing she needed for her faith to just skyrocket, right? So it's kind of like where, where Peter, where he denied Jesus, but then he had that re-encounter, and that just took him to the next level. I guess kind of picking up what I'm putting down. The the scripture reading today, I actually, I, I if you've seen your bulletin, it's, it's the wrong verse. It's a powerful verse, by the way. Feel free to read it, you know, because we live by faith, not by sight. That wasn't the uh, intended scripture reading. The intended scripture reading is found in, in 2 Corinthians 2, 12, 9. If you're with me, let's go there real quick. As we close up, we're almost done here. We'll read this verse. I'll tell you a story. Don't worry, my stories are pretty good. And uh, we'll close and then We'll get some food. That's pretty bold to say, and my stories are pretty good. Now I put pressure on myself, like, I better deliver. Okay, Second Corinthians 12, verse 9, it reads, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power or my strength is made perfect in what? In your weakness. We love that verse, right? We love a verse that kind of is portraying God's perfect strength. We know God is perfect. I mean, we know God is powerful. We see it through all the different miracles. We see it through changed life. I know when I look at my life, I'm like, God, God wasn't playing. He was able to get through all the different obstacles that life and my circumstance presented itself, and he, he worked through it. He's strong. But this verse, it says, God's strength is made perfect in what? In our weakness. And that's the difficult part, that sometimes I feel like we kind of just read over or don't really understand that sometimes it is in those weak points. Sometimes it is in times of struggle, the things that we desperately want to get away from. Nobody likes. It's like, it's like you, 
It's like you have enough bills. Let me add one more bill just for the fun of it. No one wants extra bills. Right? No one wants an extra, extra phone bill for no reason. But God is saying, listen, in, in, those, in those weak points, in those, in those moments of suffering, in something like Mary, my strength is made perfect. My strength, you'll, able, you'll be able to see who I am. And we see that Mary did that. And that's why when John says, this is the Mary who, it's because of chapter 11 that we get the Mary of chapter 12. I hope you see that. In times um, that you're going through something difficult, where even your faith is being tested, I want you to remember this. Remember this key word here. When you're going through something and your faith is being tested, remember this, this, this phrase, God is doing something. Okay, when you're going through something, just remember this. God is doing something. You might not know what it is, but trust that God is doing something. I'll end with this story. How many of you guys know what canvassing is or co-portering, going door to door? Raise your hand. It's important because then I don't know how much. Okay, most of you kind of know what it is. So most of you guys know that it's not easy, yes? Pretty difficult. Even if you haven't done co-portering, just any door to door work is difficult because you're going to people's doors. Half the time, they don't want you there. More, <laughs> more. Most of the time, they don't want you there. Imagine when you're like knocking at dinner time. Ooh, they'll let you know, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going door to door. It's about midday. No, it's about evening time. It's around 6.30. And I'm having a rough day. The day before, had a rough day. The day before that, had me a rough day, let me tell you. So by this third day, Right, and during this time, I'm at I'm at a I'm at a Bible school, and you know we're trying to like, you know, be, event, you know, missionaries, and just trying to do good, and like trying to put God first. And it's like, you know what? They're not rejecting me; they're rejecting God. You know, I know He's called me for this, but by the third day, I'm kind of like, all right, God, like, listen, you called me, but what's? Did you call me to fail? Like, I'm here. Use me. Let's be successful. I'm. Don't, I don't think you're calling me here to do nothing. Haven't been selling any books. No one's really been talking to me. And at this point, my, my attitude is just, oh, it's not good. It's horrible, awful. Horrible and awful. Horrible, awful. I get to this door, and, a young, and a, a young teenager comes out. And I get excited because, well, no one, like, I've literally been averaging about two minutes a door. No one wants to talk to me. So when I see this teenager, I'm like, ha, teenagers usually don't know how to say no anyways. So I'm just going to talk to him. And I did. I didn't even talk about the books. I was like, hey, what's up, man? And, you know, he's awkward. He's like, hey, how's it going? Hey, what are you up to? And in his mind, he's like, who are you? Like, why are you at my door? I was like, ah, you know. I was like, how's the summer been? It's the summertime. How's it been? You know, what have you been up to? I was like, uh, I'm, I'm 15. What, what do you want? So we start talking. You know, he's giving me these awkward answers. He clearly doesn't want to be there, but I'm persistent and like, don't let me go. Like, I don't want to knock at the next door. Just talk to me, you know? We talked for about five, five to seven minutes, and then eventually the nightmare happens where you see a van pull up to the driveway. It's a minivan. And I was just like, ah, oh, parents, they're here. And sure enough, uh, the, the, car, the car pulls up, and like literally like the wheels are, are barely about to stop. The, the door flies open. It's one of those uh, like, a, like, a, like a Toyota Sienna where like the, you know, like the sliding door. And out comes like four little kids, like we're like a bunch of, I don't know how many little rugrats, but they just run, they come out running and just like, whew, they pass through myself and the teenager that clearly doesn't want to be there. Uh, they run inside, and when I look, I also see 
a familiar, a familiar view that I know many moms have seen is there's a bunch of bags. Right? She just she just went grocery shopping. So my mom thinking like it's 6:30. She just went grocery shopping. She has a bunch of kids. But that that ain't easy. Probably hasn't ate. I'm like, oh man. I'm calculating all this. I'm like, I have about 0.03 chances of her even wanting to talk to me. You know, and so I'm already kind of defeated. I'm already thinking, like, this is not going to go nowhere. She gets out. She gets bags. And sure enough, walks by me, kind of gives me a look. Like, who who are you? But walks inside. Teenager doesn't know what he's. He's just kind of like, uh. and that's your mom, huh? He's like, mm-hmm. I should probably go help her. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Don't go. <laughs> Eventually, she comes out. And she's like, what are you doing? Like, why, why, why are you at my door? I was like, oh, well, I was just talking to your son about God. <laughs> you can tell he was just like, no, he wasn't. But he didn't say nothing. He didn't say nothing, right? He was just like, we were talking about, what? he wanted water. I said, no, I was just talking about God. I'm a Christian student, you know, we're, we're doing something, and I do my canvas, right? I was like, you know, uh, so on, so on. And she's like, okay, well, what do you have? And then I show her a couple books. And you can see her expression changing a little bit. Still skeptical about me, but she's like, wait a minute, these books are actually not that bad. So I, I share two books. I'm about to close because I'm like, I'm so defeated at the moment. I'm just like, two books, I'll do my clothes. And she says, no, I'll leave. And then before I can even do that, she's like, well, what else do you have? I'm like, oh, well. I see Sharon to a point, she's like, you want to come inside? I'm like, what? I haven't been inviting someone's house in two weeks. <laughs> yes, I'll come inside. So I go inside and to my surprise, she's interested. Not just interested. She, she, I'm there for about close to an hour, and she shares with me. She says, listen, I don't know if it's coincidence. I want to say it's coincidence, but I don't think it is. But this morning, I had just prayed and told God, like, God, if you don't do something, if you don't send someone or do something, I'm just going to call it quits. I was like, what? For real? Like, I'm now I'm the shocked teenager, right? What are you talking about? And, you know, she, 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 goes, she goes to share about different, different struggles, her, her kids, how she's really burdened. She wants to teach her kids about the Bible, but she hardly knows about the Bible. She's like, I know God is good. Like, I know that. I can't, I can't prove it to you, but I can feel that. I know that. Or like, like, we call that faith. There it is. But it's like, but I don't know how to teach that to my kids. And in, in the city that we live in, like, I just, I want them to be able to know God before they get old enough and, you know, they go about being adults. And I felt that. I could relate to that. Me and my brother were in the same struggle. Me and my brother were the type of young people at church where church members would be like, watch, watch. Those two kids were either going to be in jail or locked or, or dead. They're the ones that won't make it. My brother right now is a pastor in Central California at Ceres Church, and I'm here preaching, right? Thank you for the clap. I like the, the, the subtlety. I love it. But yes, sir. Yes, sir. But we don't know, right? But it, it, was, it was my mom's desire, her desire, that I just, it broke me. And we talked. And by the time we were done, she bought nine books. I hadn't sold nine books. And mm, mm, just leave it at that. She bought three great controversies because straight, even the kid, the high school kid was like, she was like, I want that book. And he, out of nowhere, finally spoke up. was like, I want one too. And the mom was like, what? He's like, yeah, I actually, I, it looks interesting. And I, I, church history, I've never, I don't know the history about any churches or how churches came about. I'll be interested. I swear, if, if he wasn't there, she probably would have just 
melted and cried. Because again, her desire, she wants her kids to know, and now he's like, yeah, I'm interested. She buys the books, but the story doesn't end there. If, if it did, it'd still be powerful. But before I left, I was like, listen, one of the things that we're offering free in the community is Bible studies. And it sounds like you are in that perfect position. You want to know more about the Bible, and why not get it for free? Someone can come, and you guys can just delve into it, right? Looking at different scriptures and just see God's, God's mercy, God's blessing. She's like, yes, sign me up. Signed her up, put it in, prayed with her, left. Powerful experience. Doesn't end there. A couple months later, someone comes by, a friend of mine, which is perfect, knocks on the door. He's like, hi, how are you doing? Um, I hear that you were interested in Bible study. She's like, what? I've been waiting for somebody to come. How's Mario doing? Like, so attentive. Most people don't remember that I came to their door because I've been in cities where I was like, I was here a year ago. I talked to you, fella. <laughs> they don't remember, but she remembered my name. Like, how's he doing? She was like, and the girl that went there, she was kind of thrown off. She's like, oh, he's, he's, he's doing good. He's still in school. Like, what? Okay, awesome. So yeah, I've been interested in Bible studies. I was wondering if somebody was going to come. They start studying the Bible. And she's obviously, man, she's, this is what she needed. This is what her heart's been searching for. And during that time, uh, a good friend of ours, he was a teacher at the school we were going to, um, he was going to have some evangelistic meetings, right? Kind of like what you guys are going to be having, some revelation, some Daniel, some prophecy. But with that, though it's scary, God's love, like it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, right? That book alone is just it's an expression of God's love. It really is. And so they tell her about it. Do you want to come? She's like, yes, goes. And she's the type of person that's sitting at the front row every night. We had booklets for her. She had brought her own. She goes, she's sitting every night. And by the time it's done, to this day, she's actually a member of the Norwalk Seventh-day Adventist Church. And, and, and is, is faithfully going. And I know she's still dealing with struggles. I haven't got a chance to connect with her much. Um, but I say that Why? In that day, like that day, I just wanted to leave. If I could leave, I would, but we were all in one van, so I'd, I'm not driving. I don't have a ride. I wanted to quit. But what I forgot is that God was, God was doing something. God was doing something. And it wasn't me that did anything. Matter of fact, I, wanted, I didn't want to be there. My attitude was, but God had already set something up. God was doing something. And all he needed me to do was show up. Listen, I'm, I know that you guys are going to have a meeting tonight or this afternoon. And honestly, don't take it for granted. There's, I've been to, and not to talk bad about other churches, but there's, there's churches out there that pastors don't even have plans. You know, and praise God, you have a, a pastor that has a vision, that has something. And listen, a lot of times we get worried because, well, you know, do we have this? Can we do this? I, I can't do this. At the end of the day, just realize that God is doing something. All he needs you to do is show up. Literally, all he needs you to do is show up. That was, the, that was the ministry, that was the mission call, but as I end, here's the call to your heart. Sometimes you might want to give up. Sometimes you feel like just, just calling it quits. Like me, my, everything in life is, is rejecting you. You know, whether it's family, whether it's work, whether it's just you just looking at everything negative in your life and, and missing all the blessings. Even then, just realize that God is doing something. And if you just wait on him, like Mary, he's going to show you something great that will change your life forever. Amen? Just remember God is doing something. Let's go ahead and close with prayer. Father in heaven, man, honestly, we're, we're, we, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve to have a God like you.
Um, we don't. We're unworthy. We're unqualified. Um, at times we're so ungrateful too. But Father, I just pray and I want to thank you so much that this morning you're able to remind us um, and to bring to attention how much you care for us and how much you, you desperately love us and you're in the business of, of touching our hearts. And I know, Lord, at times when we don't feel it, when we don't see your hand at work like the potter, he's molding, but sometimes he leaves the clay by itself. The clay gets lonely. Father, I just pray that we remember that you are doing something. Well, I pray that prayer for me because I know right now I don't know where I'm going next. But I know you're doing something. And I pray that each of my friends here can have that same faith and that trust in you that you are doing something in their lives. Just help them wait and see. For all these things we pray in your name. Amen. Thank you guys again for having me.